You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 139. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 139. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. <laughs> I, well, first, Squirrely Smith. I'm Squirrely Smith, and I already feel giddy. Already. Oh, you do? Well, you're giving me such like the... <laughs> Giving you what? The giggles. The giggies? Yes. All right. Let's, let's giggle it up. Here. But I do have to say I admire so much how much work you put into the Would You Rather's pod or the uh, seg- segment. Blah, 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 segment. Yeah. I, yeah. It's very diligent work. It is. Yeah. It takes a long time to prepare for those. You got to just mm-hmm. really do your research. I think about them all week. Like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Would I rather? <laughs> all the time. <laughs> do your due diligence. Run it through some test groups. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You oh got to. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, everyone. Glad to have you here. So today we've been talking a little bit about this concept of your inner shit talker for a while. Yeah, that's and kind of been the thing, theme. Your, you know, your inner critic or your negative self-talk. Gremlin. Gremlin. Yeah. Saboteur. Committee in your head. I mean. Angel. Devil. Eagle. 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 <laughs> Eagle. I meant to say ego, and, and you said devil, and so I said eagle. eagle. Nice. Um, yeah, so sometimes we call it the ego. But today I want to talk about some really common inner critic phrases that you say related to your relationship. They're okay. kind of it basically kind of fallacies or lies we buy into that we tell ourselves about specifically about our relationship. And I'm talking primarily about your intimate partnership, but you could absolutely parallel a lot of these to a relationship with your siblings or your best friend or work colleagues or things like that. So I think it'll be kind of cool. But speaking of shit talkers, I have... Don't look at me when you say that. (laughs) You are a shit talker. Um... I'm actually doing a free workshop. You guys have probably heard me go off about this if you've been listening to the pod for a couple of weeks. Yeah. But this week, it's happening this week. Right now. <laughs> Not right now. Oh. In a <laughs> right now. <laughs> as we speak. No. No, not as we speak. But uh this particular week on the 17th and 18th, I'm doing a free Free shit alert. Free shit alert. A free shit alert. A free workshop, online workshop, on four easy ways to immediately silence your inner shit talker. And you will get a completely free workbook. I'm giving away prizes for those uh, attending live with me. We're going to talk all about enoughness, like feeling not good enough, not pretty enough, not, I mean, fill in the blank. Everybody goes through that. Yeah. We're going to talk about how to actually stop that inner narrative and catch your inner shit talker dead in her tracks or his tracks and reframe it. Like, you know how we're always talking about awareness, 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 how to to catch it. 
how to stop chasing perfect. We're going to get into this whole thing around the rules that we establish, like this has to be perfect and striving for perfection in all sorts of areas and how to deal with that. So if you want in, there's still time to get in. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register and sign up for whichever workshop works with your schedule. Make sure you show up live. It's very, very, very important. Those are the people who get the most results. Plus, I'm giving away prizes, so you want to be there. Why wouldn't you? I mean, come on. And it's fucking free. And those of you who have attended my online workshop, what? You're just funny. (laughs) Just Just fucking free. It's fucking free. Come on. (laughs) But people will tell you, if you've ever attended my workshops, you know, like, I don't mess around. I do not mess around. Like, it's not like, well, you just really need to accept yourself. Like, I like quantifiable tools. I like action steps. I like, because I have been on the receiving end of going to these online workshops and it's like 25 minutes of somebody welcoming everyone and telling us their whole life story. And having like rounds of clap, clapping to songs. And it's like two pieces, two nuggets of information. I hate that. And I'm like. You and I have both been to places like that. It's like money back. I'm like, can you, but this is free. So it's not even that. (laughs) But I, I always vowed I'm not going to be that person who I cannot stand Mm -hmm. like to learn from. You know, I try to teach the same way I like to receive information. So I think you guys will enjoy it. So go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register and get in. We're going to have such a good time. Let's do it. So before we start talking about inner shit talker and relationship, I think I think it's time for your segment. Oh, well, that's why everybody listens anyway. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> totally kidding. Um, okay, so today's Would You Rather. Oh, we should put the song in. Put the song in here. Would you rather... You've been really messing up the cues lately, and I need so to have a, I need to have a discussion with you I'm about so it. Sorry, I know we'll have a meeting afterwards. Okay, mm-hmm. today, let's not do this on air, please. <laughs> Don't talk down to me in front of my audience. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Would you rather experience a sharp pain in your side every time someone said your name? Right, like just like someone's <laughs> jabbing a shank in you. And is it okay? All right. All right. There you go with your question. I know. I know. Or. Have a bell sound off each time you get aroused. <laughs> <laughs> like, as soon as you saw somebody that's attractive, there'd be a ding. But for me, it's a very different experience of when I find somebody attractive and when I'm actually physically aroused. Oh, I think for men, that may not be the case. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but I see people all the time who I think are attractive and I'm not aroused. Right. So... Well, there's, yeah, I guess that's true. You can definitely admire a frame and not be aroused. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm on board. Mm. But, but what? But okay. So, with the name one, is it only if they said Amy or would it be like nicknames or no, like just your name? When you say like, hey, babe, because you never call me Amy. That's true. So, that would be good. If, if That'd work for you because no one ever says your name really. They either call you the Joy Junkie or they Well, that's why they call you Mr. Smith. That's true. <laughs> How about, I think I told you this, but one of our listeners, <laughs> I quoted you on Instagram and I put a quote up and I put from Ken Smith, a.k.a. Mr. Smith. And one of our listeners was like, 
Ken? His, His name, name is, is Ken? Ken? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. She said, that's like seeing Wilson's face all the way, like the complete face of, is it Mr. Wilson on, on um, Home Improvement? Home Improvement, yeah, yeah. the neighbor. <laughs> mm-hmm. How funny. She's dating herself. <laughs> but you do actually have a first name, everyone. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Little known fact. Little known fact. All right. <laughs> so would you rather have a oh, sharp yeah. pain in your side? I have to answer it. When you heard your name, Amy, or have a little bell go off every time you go Well, here's my other question. Is it only if somebody calls me Amy? Or what if I'm in Target and someone's like, hey, Amy, and they're yelling to their kid? That again, At that time, too. Uh, your name. Oh, um, I think I might want the bell. The bell? Uh-huh. Would that happen less then? What? That yeah. would happen less? Yeah. It would happen less in public, I guess, for me. Yeah? Yeah. It would have... Wait, you wouldn't have... You would have a bell going all the time, I think. You think so? <laughs> all right. I think, for me personally, I would rather... Nobody ever calls me Ken. Hardly ever. Um, I think I would go with the sharp pain. You would? Yeah. Of course you would. The less embarrassing. Because I'd be like, babe, God! Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Ding. Wow. Ding. Oh Jesus. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, that could <laughs> I'd be like, honey. Get annoying. Get in the shower, have a nice cold shower, and calm your tits. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Let's get to some freaking content here. All right, all right. Enough of that. Okay, so some ways that your inner shit talker might be sabotaging your relationship a little bit. And these are places for you to look. Now, anytime I say this is what your inner critic is saying or you know it's a total blanket umbrella statement it doesn't necessarily mean this is exactly your situation i can't tell every single person what their inner critic is saying however oftentimes (laughs) they'll have similarities a lot of times inner critic gets you stuck in the shoulds you should do this or they'll spiral out into the what ifs like what if what if what if They'll use things that are extremely uh, concrete, like always or never. They're more absolutes. So you can typically recognize some things that you might be saying to yourself that is actually your inner critic or really all that is is logic or notions that you really don't want to buy into or they don't really help you either feel good or pursue things in your life that you really want. They don't help you get anywhere. Right. Right? So I just wanted to kind of lay that precursor down that if some of these don't resonate for you, fine. Or if your inner critic sounds a little different, that's fine. Like I'm not trying to be a mind reader. I'm just trying to shed some light on some places that we kind of tell ourselves some falsehoods in order to think we don't have to put actual effort into our relationships. Well, not only that, but I think it's important even if it's not exactly what your shit talker is saying, mm-hmm. it's still important because it raises the awareness of, oh, what is mine saying? That's exactly right. Like, I don't say that, but it does say blah, blah, blah. Yes. Right? And that's a great point. Right. And you might also have an inner critic that is very emotional. So sometimes I will hear very specific phrases in my mind And then sometimes I'll just feel like a blanket emotion Mm. of like, for instance, if I'm comparing myself to somebody else, I usually don't say, 
you're not as successful or you're not going to be I don't usually say words I just get a, an overwhelming feeling of sadness right like you're not then the emotion is one of you're not good enough but I usually don't say those words mine is more volume oh it's like louder the, the voices in my head are either really loud and fast or like if it's more like procrastination or something like that they're real slow and deep huh like a pace the, the pace yeah. is different so I can kind of digest which part of me is speaking by mm-hmm. by its vibration yeah well and you brought up another good point too because another one of the ways you can kind of catch inner critic language is it usually is on a loop yeah. It, it's stuck. Like it reminds me of Jerry Springer when somebody stands up and they're like, well, you don't, know me. you don't 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 know me. And it's just like constant. Yeah. And it's like, no, no. Where's the argument? Where's yeah. the substance? Where's okay, we the... don't know you. Okay, we, we How got, about if we you got say it. something so we do? Right. <laughs> but that's what the inner critic will be. It's a loop. Like, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. What are they going to think? What are they going to think? What are they going to think? Right. And you don't stop to go, well, what are they going to think? That mind and, snowball. And why do I care what they think? Uh-huh. You don't stop to analyze, right? Yeah. So there's a whole slew of these that I have found in my work have been very common inside relationships. The first one that I hear all the time is the shoulds. You, you should all over yourself. You should all over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you, you should love him. You should love her. You should be grateful for I all. I should be happy. You should be happy. You should be grateful for all the things he does for you or she does for you. And this, a lot of times, I will use the example of, well, first of all, that's total motivation by guilt. It's I'm not mad. And this this statement, I am talking about when you know in your core you're really not meant to be with this person but you feel guilty as all hell for not being with them Hmm. because you feel like they're really great on paper they take great care of you they're really awesome all these other things that are great but you don't have this emotional connection and you're guilting yourself that you should right so i use the example a lot of times of of a kid who Let's say all they want to do is be an artist, but they're genius and they've gotten this full ride scholarship to a medical university and everyone is saying like, why would you want to be an artist? Look at what you have and other people inflicting guilt and saying, do what you should do instead of what you really truly want. So I think we do what we should until we really know what we want. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of times people who... People are bought into the shoulds their whole life until they realize that there's an actually another way. Right. Because we don't we don't know that. We're not really taught that. That's true. And most of the people that I work with, whether <laughs> they're clients or they're students, they have a very specific moment where personal development came into their world. Right. Where they're like, yeah. oh, I can actually think differently. Oh, I can let somebody down and that's not my fault mm-hmm. and I'm not responsible for that. Oh, oh, that inner chatter in my head doesn't have to be, wait, wait, what? doesn't have to be true and I can actually choose what I focus on. Oh my God. So we usually have that point where we go, oh, now I actually have some power in my life and you can start seeing things a little bit more from conscious choice. Instead of societal obligations, family obligations, pressure, uh, conditioning from how you grew up, people telling you this is what a woman always does, a real man does this, yeah, all these 
stigmas and sure. stereotypes and learning that we've achieved throughout our life. And now you get to the place where you kind of unlearn it. So true. I used to have a client who would say, I'm consciously unbecoming. I'm unbecoming Ooh. all these things I became. Interesting. And I loved That's that. Great. I'm like, it's the unraveling of all of these faulty notions that we've kind of been fed. And sometimes they're great. And it's you choose to adopt them now at this stage in your life or you choose not to adopt them. So the point is, is that you are at choice. So if you're in a relationship and things don't feel right and you're like, this is not this is not working out, but then you hear that inner voice going, you should be so grateful. So many people have it way worse than you. Yeah. Or he's so good to you. Or he's so good with the kids. Or he takes such good care of the household. Okay. So call a spade a spade. If you choose to stay in that relationship, decide that I'm going to stay in it for all these reasons. Exactly. That's I, what I was just going to say. Not was, because... Those be the reasons you love them then. Not because... They don't put flowers on in vases every day or, you know, put romantic notes in your car or the other things. Like, you can ask for those things. Sure. But if they're not, you're not receiving them, you, you need to love that person for what they do do. Well, it's... Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not necessarily. I'm saying be aware that you are choosing to, to settle. Oh, okay. Don't guilt yourself into, well, I should love him because he's good on paper or I should love him because he's good with the kids. Say, I'm going to sacrifice a soulmate connection or something that lights me on fire because I would rather have stability um, well, I, and, I th- and all those other things. I think a lot of people also get... Uh, they get stuck, or, or maybe not stuck, but they think that... Well, I will. Mm-hmm. I will fall in love. Mm-hmm. I will get that connection. It's going to happen. It's just not there yet. Yes, absolutely. And that's why in marketing, they say there's no such thing as hope marketing. You don't hope that you're going to sell things. You mm-hmm. have a strategy. You have a fucking plan. And it's the same thing with relationships. Hope in relationships can be a fucking killer because you're banking on somebody changing. You're banking on somebody seeing the light. You're banking on... It's the same thing with kids. Like, I hope my kid stops using drugs. And you're attached to this hope. And even though we think of it as such a virtue, I think it can destroy us. Because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't allow us to see things really crystal clearly. So, okay, let me ask you this then. Okay. Where is the line where you let things grow organically and where things just happen like oh, I found my soulmate love at first sight it took us about or it took us about five years to fall in love like it took us some time to really get to know each other and feel comfortable with our with yeah. being soulmates like where's the where's the line well that's that's a really great question and I think that that is a different answer for every single person every couple really so what's the tool to know then? so here's this is what I'm saying is you might have the decision to stay and you might have the decision to go. What I want you to get really, really clear on is not ignoring that inner voice when you hear all the attachments to should okay. or when you hear the attachments to hope. Like maybe he'll I eventually see, see, see one day. And here you are 10 years later and you are strangers in your own home. And you're mad at yourself for not doing something earlier or for not. Right. My point is not to tell you, you need to go, you need to stay. This is 
my my point is to say pay fucking attention got if it. you are guilting yourself into staying into a relationship got it got if it if you're guilting yourself to stay in family relationships if you're right. guilting yourself to stay at a job i see so guilt is the driving force here of if you're feeling guilty mm-hmm. then you're not all in then right. you are being motivated from something that doesn't feel the best. And mm-hmm. it also isn't enabling you to have anything else. Yeah. Okay. There's no way you're going to find like a rich, sublimely happy relationship if you're guilting yourself into staying into one that's mediocre. Got it. Okay. But I, I also do think that there are people that finding your soulmate is not your number one priority. Sure. It's more important to have stability. It's more important to have a good parent for your children. It's more, and that's okay. But just really be clear what you are choosing and listen to your internal conversation. Is it being fueled from this place of guilt? I see. And that's what I want people to turn up the volume on is uh-huh. this inner conversation. Got it. Got it. Because telling yourself you should be with this person. That does not have to be true. And that's what I want people to look at. I see. So look at that from the lens of we might not be super connected and I still choose to stay. That's powerful. Yeah. Instead of feeling like, well, I should be in love with him. Because then you're not all in. That feels very different about Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it feels like, well, I have no choice. No, I have a fucking choice. And I choose this. Or I choose to move on. Or I choose risk. Most people don't move on because they're, it's too great of a risk. It's scary as all shit. Because you're guaranteed mediocre if you stay. You aren't guaranteed anything if you move on. <laughs> yeah. So most people are like, I'll take the safe bet. Yeah. At a cost. It's at a cost. But some people, it's worth that cost. So I'm not judging that. I'm just saying, pay fucking attention to your inner conversation and call it out if it doesn't have to be true. I see. So, great. That was a great discussion. The second one that I hear all the time, and this is usually people who've been together for quite a while, is they, when when their partner doesn't do something or does do something that is in stark contrast to what you would like them to do, you think, he should know that. Yeah. He should know better. Mm -hmm. We all fall victim of that one. mm -hmm. And I'm like, he should only know that if he's a fucking mind reader. So, and we've had these conversations before too, because you're not always as demonstrative or expressive about what's happening for you internally. Yeah, I I definitely do things internally. When you say something like, I just have a lot on my plate right now. We, and this is actually anecdotal from our own relationship and to explain like an actual real life example. And I'm like, when you tell me I've got a lot on my plate right now, because of how you deliver that information, which is so poised and like like you have your shit together and you're dialed out, I don't translate that as he needs my help right now. I don't necessarily interpret it the way you right. want me to interpret it. Right. Unless you say to me point blank, I'm really stressed out and I need a lot of help and support right now, I won't just interpret the words. Right. And I don't think most people will. Sure. You know? Yeah, very, yeah, being clear, being clear for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Or when we say things hoping the other person will get the hint, that's that's really not fair. You know, now you're just being cryptic. You need to say what you need, say what you want, 
And that's what I loved about you from the start is you were so clear. And then now you're like, sometimes I wish you wouldn't tell me exactly. What <laughs> no, it's, not, it's a little too much information, actually. <laughs> so and, and I've, t- I've told this to my friends. I'm like, no, 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 no. What exactly did you say? And what did you expect him or her to interpret? Right. Uh, well, how can he? And this is another one. How can he not know? Well, did you say it verbatim? No. Well, that's how he could not know. Right. So that's what I want you to check in with yourself. Because again, we can't change your spouse. You've heard me talk about that all the time. We can't control the other person. We can't control the boss, the sister, the friend, whatever. But if you find yourself going like, how can he not know that? Stop yourself mm-hmm. and dig into that a little bit and go, all right, well, what were the actual facts? Here's what I said. Here's how I would have interpreted that. But I can understand why maybe he didn't. Yeah. You know? Um, because most of the time, there are the things that we say and the things that we do. And then there's how the other person interpreted them. And those are often very, very different things because we're conditioned topic, to talk yeah. uh, to talk to each other with being passive aggressive, with being jokes, with yelling and screaming, with being cryptic, with not really being po- – we're, we're taught to not be clear. I wonder why we do that. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I always thought. Like our problems would be so fewer – so much fewer if we just said what we really, really meant to say nicely to the person that we need to say it to instead of our best friends, instead of our therapists and coaches, instead of all these other people. Create so much drama. It does. And it's unnecessary. Unnecessary. And most of the time, if you, if you even just – and I did this. I came to you and I said, when you tell me these things, I don't naturally interpret that the way I think you expect me to interpret it. Well, what does one interpret when you say, I have a lot on my plate right now? Well, first of all, you always do. So it's not... It, <laughs> That's true. It's not that I mean, do, outlandish. Do I have to say... Do I have to say it with anxiety? No. No, no, right? no. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hypothetical. Right. Right? I understand that I need to just say, look, what I need from you is some support. I need you to take care of this this and this for me because i've got a lot on my plate right right i get that but if someone says i've got a lot on my plate how does that interpret other than i've got a lot going on right now right well and that's what i interpret it but i don't interpret that that it's dire that it's like intense that it's more stressed i don't interpret it as stress at all because you manage it so well and you, when you say that to me, there's no air of stressed outness. Right. Especially because the way I experience stress is ridiculously different. <laughs> that's, that's Mine's true. external. Yours is internal. That's Mine, true. it's like uh, you can see stress all over me. And I yeah. tell everyone. And it's enveloped in an emotion of urgency. And like, ah, I'm, I'm fucking stressed. I just can't. I can't even. I can't even right now. I just right. can't even. <laughs> and you're just like, well, I've got a lot of stuff going on right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see the difference there. So especially sure. because I emote differently, I look at that and I go, yeah, same same old, same old. He always has a lot on his plate. Got it. So if you expect them to interpret how you feel, that's usually the biggest thing. Like I can, I can hear those words and go, he's got a lot. But I, that doesn't tell me at all about how you are what's experiencing your, that. Or what your action should be. 
or what my actions should be or what you're really feeling. Is it that I need a hug? Is it that I need you to do my laundry? Is it that, mm-hmm. you know, like what is it? Right. Yeah. So if you start doing that thing, like because you even said like, I feel like you should know I'm stressed. And I'm like, oh, I don't. Thank right. you for telling me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so check yourself because you might be surprised how willing your spouse is willing is ready to be something for you if they just were fucking clear what it was. They knew what it was, yeah. That's fair. But what happens, you usually just get pissed because they're not reading your mind and then you take it out and then you fight and then you're frustrated and you get nowhere. Nothing gets done. Right. right. All right. Stonewalling. This is another huge one. Big this one. is what they, they call it stonewalling and uh, kind of – in some therapy modalities, but it's where you basically say, well, I'm not going to do fill in the blank until he does fill in the blank. Well, I'm just not going to fucking do the laundry until he does, or I'm not going to initiate sex until he does. Well, I'm just not going to give a compliment until he does. Well, I'm just not going to, and it's a tit for tat and it's a stalemate. Yeah. Like you, you, well, I'm not going to be vulnerable until he does really. Well, good fucking luck with that. Right. Because when do you walk up to somebody who's got a stoic brick wall in front of them and want to be super vulnerable or initiate sex when they're cold as fuck? Like they're like, no, you got to do all the effort. Right. And so this is a major, major one in relationships. And it's okay if you feel like that at the get go. So oftentimes you'll feel like that at the get-go when... You mean when you first start dating or something? Or when this first starts to come to a head? No, I'm talking about isolated incidences. Okay. So for instance, like you might notice that he never takes out the trash or she never takes out the trash. So when you first see the trash, you're like, well, I'm not fucking taking it out. He can take it out. Right. So I want you to stop there and notice it and go, oh shit, I'm doing it. And it's okay if you don't take the trash out. It's okay if you still are stuck in old patterns. But I want you to keep analyzing how does that lock you into your current set of circumstances? Because that framework, that whole I'm not until you do framework in your mind, never yields progress. Never. Never. So what I would like you to do first and foremost is call yourself out. Notice it. Like, well, I'm not going to do the dishes until he does. Well, I'm not going to initiate sex until he does. I'm not going to da-da-da-da. Okay, stop and look at, okay, if I continue to buy into this inner critic conversation in my head, what do my results look like? What am I proving? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it's something that you want changed or rectified in the relationship like being pursued sexually or having your partner do the trash a little more or take out the trash a little more or whatever that you have not articulated properly to them. Right. And then you go, how can they not know? I'm always screaming and yelling about the damn trash. <laughs> oh, really? Because when you scream and yell, that really makes me want to fucking get on board. Yeah. That really makes me want to do it more. So Perfect. Unless you have come to this person and had a candid vulnerable, kind conversation about their behavior, how you interpret it, and what you are requesting for them from them, you don't have a fucking leg to stand on because you haven't communicated your needs. So what do you tell the person that says, I tried all that and I had to resort to the yelling and screaming? Yeah. I feel like that's very, very, very seldom. 
very few and far between have I ever seen somebody who said yeah Amy I approached the conversation we were he was totally ready to talk I was ready to talk I approached it from a place of kindness and I said I appreciate all these things about you here's something that's happening in our relationship and when this happens here's what I make up about it and I don't know I I doubt that's the place you're coming from and then here's what I propose what would you think about this Nobody fucking has conversations like that. That's That's why I got so frustrated working in a relationship modality is I'm like, I'll tell you exactly what to do, but people won't do it. Yeah. They won't do it because that is vulnerable and it is scary as all shit. And most people would rather be combative than be vulnerable. Would you rather? Right. (laughs) Would you rather get your needs met once and for, for all and actually be vulnerable and risk getting hurt? Or keep doing what you're doing. Keep, you know, vetoing the trash. Keep vetoing sex. Keep vetoing all that shit until he does it. And see how well that works. Yeah. So all I'm saying is start analyzing. Start looking at are these are these moments happening for you? And are they helping your relationship? Got it. Yeah, that's good. All right. Here's another huge one. Um, and this is a big one because of the stuff I work in around speaking your truth oh I can't I could never tell him that that would devastate him interesting I could never tell her that that would devastate her she couldn't hear this is the whole point behind men never telling a wife like the truth about how she looks you can't oh I can't I could never it's a fucking trap it's a trap for most, and I had to tell you finally, like, listen, I need to know if I look like an asshat in these pants or not. Like, I promise you're not going to have to pay for it. I just genuinely feel like they're not flattering. Do you agree? See, that's a much better way to come at it. Right. Right. But asking if I look fat in this is a loaded question. That, But again, it's based off of historical context. Very rarely do you ever get to answer that honestly. So we condition spouses to lie to us. Because we don't, we can't take what we're actually asking for. You know, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. For sure. All right. So we're getting, I'm getting lost in that whole thing. But this is where people, um, and I'm not talking about saying something really hurtful just for the fuck of it. Like, yeah, you really do look like a fat pig in that outfit. You know, I'm not talking about saying hurtful things that don't ma- that really don't matter to you. I'm talking about you silencing yourself because you want something more in the relationship or you need something more. It's usually big, big time prevalent in sex lives. I can't tell him that. That'll devastate him. Or I can't tell her that. He's going to think. He's going to think I'm weird if I ask for this. Or or right. Or he'll be so hurt that I want him to last longer. Or, you know, whatever, or yeah. I want to be a pro, you know, whatever it is. We think my needs aren't as important as his. So I'm going to just not say anything. So I'm talking about silencing yourself when you really want something rectified or changed in the relationship. Your wants and needs are just as viable as somebody else's. So if you're keeping your mouth shut about something that you want or need in the relationship, you're choosing that. Yeah. Nobody else is doing that to you. You are bought into the fact that I'm. if I voice my opinions, I'm purposely hurting somebody. You're not. You're actually purposely caretaking for your relationship because you're one part of it. You know? Yeah. All right. So moving on. The other thing uh, to kind of keep 
keep an ear out for. Your inner critic will love to do these absolutes, which I talked about earlier. He always does this. She never does this. Yeah. We used to say that to each other. And we're like, really? Always? We used to always say that to each other. We used to always. (laughs) Never. No. Really think about that. But that will also really tune you into your focus because you will tend to focus on the stuff you don't want in your relationship. You'll focus on he never takes out the trash. He never fucking takes out the trash. But what does he always do or often do? Who does? He always provides a stable environment for the house. He always is good with the children. He's, or often, Mm -hmm. often, you know, takes care of financial stuff. And we'll focus on the couple of things that we want to work on instead of praising each other for all of this other amazing stuff that we do for one another. Sure. And then we feel nitpicked to death because the person only focuses on the shit that you aren't doing as great as you could. There's a for instance that I can give. Okay. Like, you do a great job of making sure that you manage how much hair is in the shower. (laughs) You do. You do a great job of making sure that there's not a bunch of hair in the shower. And that's a big pet peeve of mine. Right. Right? So, the one time that you don't do it, I would say, honey, I really don't give you credit for how many times you keep the shower clean of hair. Yeah. I found it today, but it's not even that. It's I just want to thank you for how many times you do. Because it's not on my radar until it is, right? Until it goes wrong. Until it goes wrong. So I just wanted to thank you for really making sure that shower is clean. I appreciate that. Thank you. And we have really adopted that perspective Mm -hmm. in everything that we've asked each other to work on. Exactly. Because most of the time, the only reason you notice is because they are doing it most of the time. Right. You know, and sometimes they're not, you know, and but again, how did you articulate that you need that changed in your relationship? Mm-hmm. Most of the time you yelled and screamed about it right. or you were passive aggressive or whatever. And that's sure. on you. So yeah. and it, and if these are you, take comfort in knowing that there's a reason why I said these are common because most people have them and nobody teaches you this shit. That's so why you have me. <laughs> we don't learn this from anywhere. Like right. until you start actively searching out how do I communicate with my spouse? How to effectively get your needs met? How to deal with your inner shit talker in your head? Like it's not on your radar until it is. Right. And then you have to unlearn all of this bullshit advice that we've learned from television and our parents who probably didn't get it right and so give it's, yourself it's some compassion. Too. You right. know, you learn it through life lessons. And we're still learning. For sure. We're still learning. Oh, yeah, we're absolutely. St- we're still learning. All right. So run yourself through these. Keep, like, just to checks and balances. I'm not telling you to do a bunch of things. I just want you to start really calling out that voice in your head and looking at, is that really true? Because that's the biggest bitch about our whole inner shit talker is whatever we say in our head, it's true. So it's true that he always does that or never takes the trash out or, well, it's true that I'm not going to do this until he does. And and it becomes that truth until you unpack it, until you stop and go, wait a minute, is that, have I really expressed all of my needs and what I really want in this relationship? Have I... Is that really true that he never does that? Hmm. And analyze it. It goes through, you know, something that I always say (laughs) is awareness makes opportunity for change. 
Absolutely. So the more awareness you have of how you do things or how other people do things or what relationships are for you, all of those things, the more awareness you have around them, the more opportunities you have to make things a little bit more finessed, a little bit different, a little bit more organic, a little bit more fluid, whatever it might be. That's nice, babe. Thanks, babe. I might have to use you as a quote this week. Every now and again. Every now and again. come off with one. You come in there just like, boom. (laughs) So anyway, hope that this is helpful for you guys. And again, this is not about changing your spouse. This is about changing you and being a better human in this world. And I really want to underline that if you are going through this, if you are like, holy shit, that's me. Oh, my God. Give yourself compassion again. Mm -hmm. Like give yourself compassion that, hey, no one taught you. No one taught you. And, you know, last week we were talking about our physiological needs. As children, we learn to yell and scream to get our needs met, right? You, ah. ye- you need to be fed. You need to be changed. You fucking scream. So mm-hmm. physiologically, we have a history of handling things poorly <laughs> to get our needs met. <laughs> now that we are evolved, now that you're privy to this this information, now you got to go do something about it. That's the key right there. Now you got to go. Now you got to actually take that awareness and do something differently. So again, get your ass to class this week. We're going to talk <laughs> all about this stuff. And I mean, it's so crazy empowering when you can get a grip on all of this and you could be eligible for prizes and get a workbook and learn how to deal with this inner shit talker. Actually, none of the stuff that we talked about today, I'm talking about. I mean, I'm talking about the inner critic, but I'm not talking. It's all new tools is what all I'm saying. All new tools. So go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register and I'll see you there this week. Anything else you wanted to add? Nope. All right. So we'll see you around these parts next week, guys. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.